Okay, so we're up to the bottom line of Chachesim days. So basically just to review what the Gemara is doing, and we'll see how it's going to be uh, slightly altered right now with this Ikadamri. The Mishnah said that if you have a person that was decreed um, that he's supposed to get killed, that he was supposed to get killed, the death penalty, and then you don't know what happened, that was the end of your communication, we're nois and love meaning we're not sure whether they killed him or not. So we're going to be strict both ways. We're going to be strict that he's alive and strict that he's dead. And we said that the Mishnah, the Mishnah explained that what it means is that if she's the wife of a Kayin and she's eating truma because of him, so we're going to treat him as dead so she can't eat truma anymore. If she's a Bas Kayin and she's married to Yisrael, so she's only allowed to eat truma once he's dead, we're going to treat him as alive. Okay. Then there was a whole long discussion of the Gemara as to whether that's only true in a Jewish court, in a non-Jewish court, because it could be that in a Jewish court, just think about it, it's a little strange. You're treating him as he might be still alive. Once they already gave him a court case, shouldn't he be dead? Like, once they already decided that he's going to get killed, he's going to get killed, how how did he change? So the Gemara said that's only true with a Jewish court, because by a Jewish court, they'll still find, looking for schosim after after he's guilty, so... After he's still alive. But a Gaisha court, they for sure kill him. Raya's, Kasha's, back and forth. Okay. Now, Ikadamri, a slight different version. And every Raya that we just had is going to become a Kasha. Every Kasha is going to become a Raya. It's, and, and every answer will be the same. Ikadamri, the Gemara says, Amr of Yosef. This is only true in a Gaisha court. Meaning, in a Gaisha court, it's still possible that he was bribed out, right? Even after he's found guilty. The fact that we treat him as maybe alive means that they didn't kill him. There's a possibility they didn't kill him. That's only true in a Goyesh court. Because in a Goyesh court, why would they not kill him? Because of bribes. But in a Jewish court, in a Jewish court, once you're already found guilty for death, they're going to kill you right away. There is no getting out. Meaning, we don't treat them as maybe alive, maybe dead. He's dead. He's dead in halacha. This is unlike the Gemara before, because the Gemara before said that by a Jewish court we treat maybe alive, maybe dead, because we're still looking for heterim. We're still looking for uh, reasons to get him off the hook. Now the Gemara says, no, once he's found guilty, he's a dead man. What about those chusim? Why aren't, maybe we should say that they're looking for his chusim, they're looking to find a reason why he's innocent, which is why the Gemara in the previous version felt that he's maybe still alive. So the Gemara says, no. The answer is no. Even in Jewish court, once you're found guilty, they stop looking. That's it. Once you're found guilty, they close the they close the books. No more looking for heterim. That's it. He's dead, and he's dead. So therefore, according to this version of the Gemara, once you're already found guilty in a Jewish court, you're for sure dead. Not But it's by a Gaisha court where it's back and forth. But a Jewish court, you're for sure dead. So what was before Akasha is now a proof. Let's bring a proof that once in a Jewish court finds you guilty, you're guilty, and we don't look for any heterim anymore. Because the Bryce The Gemara said that we have a Mishnah in Makis. The Mishnah in Makis says that if someone shows up in a town and two people recognize him as he was found guilty in another court for death, and they signed him guilty, and he ran away, they're allowed to get up in court, say, we know that he's guilty, these are the Edom that found him guilty, these are the Rabbanim that found him guilty, and the halacha is that the the court in this town will kill him. 
I, let me ask you, Kasha, maybe the court where he originally ran away from, where he was found guilty in Brooklyn, maybe they found a heter. So why are you killing him? The answer is, it must be that they don't look for heterim anymore. It must be that when it comes to Jewish court, once you're found guilty, you're found guilty. That's it. And we don't look for heterim anymore. So this is a proof that by a Jewish court, that's it. Once you're found guilty, you're found guilty. That's it. Close is closed. We don't look for it anymore. We don't. We don't. Can't go to another bedroom and say I think they made a mistake. No. So like in the secular world. No, 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 no. Once a Bezdin of 23 finds you guilty, that's it. So, no, no. So the Gemara says, so this is a proof that once you're found guilty, we don't look for it anymore. And that's why they're able to testify that the guy was found guilty and they'll kill him here. I maybe in the original court they found a hatter. The answer is we don't find a terim. So the Gemara says, no, Dilma Bereich Shani. It could be no. It could be generally we do look for haterim. So why are you so confident that they didn't find a hatter? The answer is because he ran away. If it was a hatter, he would have stayed. The very fact that he ran away is indicative of in this case specifically they didn't find a hatter. But had they found a hatter, but really it could be generally they do look for haterim. And they do open up the course to case again. But in that case, so why are they able to just find him guilty based on what happened in a previous court? The answer is because he ran away. Okay, it was a kasha before and then a rejection. Now it's a raya and a rejection. Tashima. Um, so at the end of the day, there is no appeals. No. No, was a, was a, unless they made a mistake. Yeah, if they made a mistake in Tavidvar Mishnah, if they made a mistake in a clear Mishnah, okay, maybe, but... Tashima. Shamash mibezdin, another proof. Shamim mibezdin shal Yisrael shal Yoyimim ish ploini meis ish ploini nerek. Again, you hear from a Jewish court that a certain person was killed, a certain person died. Yasiyas ishtay. You could remarry his wife. She is no longer an aguna. She is a widow. For sure. Mikum natri sin shal avikachavim. But if you hear from an executioner of a guy ish ploini meis ish ploini nerek, ah, Yasiyas ishtay. But if he says that someone was killed, you don't remarry. We don't believe him. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. This is the Namashir from yesterday. My mace umay nerag. What does it mean to die? What does it mean to be killed? If it means literally that the Jewish court is saying he's dead and he's killed for sure. And the, the Chiddush is that he's allowed, to, that, that she's, uh, she's a widow. But then why by a Gaisha, if the executioner says that he was mamish killed, why don't you believe him? There's a concept called Messiah Lafitumai. Messiah Lafitumai means that when a guy is just talking extemporaneously, not in the form of testimony, we do believe him. So the Gemara says, mamish. If you're telling me that the case is, not that he went to court to be killed, not that he had a guilty verdict, but he was actually killed, we saw the body, and by a Jewish court we believe them because they're regularly then doesn't make sense. Why by a guy? Why don't we believe him? Why don't we believe the guy? If the executioner says extemporaneously, middle of conversation, I saw that Jewish person killed. I saw his body. Then why don't we believe him? So says the Gemara. El alav, it must be. You're right. The case is mates yoitzelamus v'nerek yoitzeliharik. It must be that, not that they're testifying that he was actually killed, but that he was found the guilty verdict. And it says, what does it say by a Jewish court? Hearing just merely the fact that he was found guilty, you could already remarry. Why? Because we're confident that they, that they kill the guy and they don't look for heterim. So this is a proof that by a Jewish court, there's no more heterim. Once he's found guilty, you could remarry the wife just based on the guilty verdict because you could be 100% confident that they follow through. So this is a proof to that Gemara. So the Gemara is. Okay. Oh, oh, you're saying? Oh, it's interesting. 
Oh, I guess the answer is that's Yoitzim and Akla. I guess that's such a small percentage that you don't have to go with that assumption. It's a good point, though. So the Gemara says, no. The same rejection we had yesterday. The answer is no. This is not a proof either way because this Mishnah is not talking about, this Bryce is not talking about guilty verdict. I don't know what happens when you have a guilty verdict. This Bryce is talking about actually testifying about a dead body. So by a Jewish court where they testify about the dead body, we obviously believe them and you could remarry and she's no longer an Alguna, she's a widow. But by a guy, so why don't you trust the executioner? I thought we trust a guy when he's talking extemporaneously, not in the form of a testimony. The answer is that's only by things not related to his Indian. Things that are in his, uh, his business People lie. So the answer is generally we do rely on a guy, but not an executioner. Because if an executioner says that he killed this guy, he killed that guy, he killed that guy, he's lying. He's trying to give himself more street credibility. And therefore we don't believe him. But it's not talking about a case where he was found guilty. So we don't know what the halacha is in such a case of whether we open up the court case or not. This is talking about actually testifying about a dead body. And we do not rely on a guyish executioner, even if it's Messiah Chafitum. Okay. Now, back to the Mishnah, back to Gin. So the Mishnah, and this Mishnah and the next Mishnah is going to be dealing with the following premise. What happens if you give, I give a get to a shliach to deliver, and then he realizes halfway through he's not feeling well, he can't do it himself. So the question is, can he give it to someone else to deliver? Okay, so the Mishnah says like this, Hamevi get Eretz Yisrael. Now if you're delivering a get in Eretz Yisrael, v'chalah, so you're a shliach in Eretz Yisrael to deliver a get. Notice how it's Eretz Yisrael, because the reason why is because if you're sending a get from Chutz Laaretz to Eretz Yisrael, the first get, the first shliach has to say, B'fani nechta, b'fani nechta. So for him to hand it over to somebody doesn't really help, because that guy, that middle guy, while he could deliver a get, he can't say B'fani nechta, because he wasn't there for the writing. So we're not talking about that. That's the next mission. That's much more complex of how to deal with. We're just talking about within Eretz Yisrael. You're going from Tel Aviv to Tiveria, you're sending it, there's no B'fani Nechtam, it's just literally like a shliach, so you handed it to the to the shliach, he's delivering the get and he gets sick. So what's the halacha? He could find someone else that he trusts and say, hey, deliver the get. Meaning, although when you asked him to do it, you didn't uh, tell him to give it to someone else, the assumption is that when you told him to do it, your main intention was get it done. It's not like Yudafka want him to be the shliach. He wanted to get done. And therefore, if he's sick, he can give it to someone else. Now, Oh, what happens if like this? You hand the get to the guy, and you say, listen, deliver this to my wife. And the guy knows your wife, whatever, he has a relationship with the family. You say, listen, deliver this get to my wife. And I have a family heirloom. You know, I have an old Megillah from my grandma, grandfather. Get it for me. Then the halacha is, once you asked him to get an heirloom, to get something from her, then he can't have someone else take it. Because it's very simple. I trust you to deliver that heirloom. I don't trust necessarily who you trust. So if it's just delivering a get, the shliach can appoint another shliach because what's the difference to me? But if now if it involves him actually taking a chayfetz, taking an item that belongs to him from the wife, from the going to soon to be ex-wife, he can't just appoint anybody. Why? Because I trust you to do it. I don't necessarily trust whoever you trust. Therefore, that doesn't work. You're not allowed to appoint a shliach if there's a command to actually get back a chayfetz. Okay. Now, Amr of Kana. Now, the, no, no, not without permission from the person. 
especially if it's something that we would assume the Meshaleach cares about. Now, what's interesting is like this. Um, it says in the Mishnah that the case is, I appoint you to be a shliach, and then you get sick, you appoint someone else. Why does it have to be that you get sick? Either, it's two choices. Either it's just stam, that's the case, because if you're not sick, why aren't you doing it? Or no, it's dafka if you're sick, meaning this is bidiyavid. This appointing a shliach is only bidiyavid. You could only do it if you're ill and it's an onus. If you're capable of it, we will not allow you. So says the Gemara, I'm Rav Kahana, Rav Kahana says you have to be ill mamish. If you're not ill, then you're not allowed to do this. This is only, this concept of appointing a shliach to appoint another shliach is only in a case of onus. So the Gemara says, Pshita, I mean, yeah, what's the Chiddush? That it's a case of illness? The Mishnah said illness. Chalat Ketani, the Mishnah says it. So what, what are you adding? The answer is, Ma'ud the same, Hu'adin avagav dolei chala. Vag detani chala, urchadamilsa ketani. Kamash Malan. You might think, if you just read the Mishnah, you might think you don't actually have to be ill to appoint a shliach. And it just picks a case of illness because that's the most common application. Because if you're not ill, why aren't you doing it? Kamash no. When the Mishnah says ill, it means dafka illness, where you cannot deliver the get. But if you're able to deliver the get, you are not allowed to appoint a shliach. So which is an interesting thing. According to this right now, can a shliach to deliver a get appoint another shliach? The answer is, well, it depends. If he's ill and he's an onus, yes. If he's not ill, he cannot. Which is a little bit strange. It's sort of like usually we, we like to think of things as binary, like yes or no. Now it's not yes or no. It's uh, if you're stuck. So the question is, what exactly did you tell the guy? Because we're going to see right now there's a brysa that describes whether a shliach can appoint another shliach. And it seems to be indicative of what lashon you used to tell him. But now, and, and what's a little strange that Gemara is going to ask is that up to this point, what the Bryce that we're about to quote, it seems like it's either yes or no. But now you're telling me it's yes if you're a chola, and if you're not a chola, it's not allowed. So it's a little bit more hazy. So the Gemara says, hey, chidami, what exactly is the case in our Mishnah where the shliach is appointing another shliach? And he's only allowed to do it in a case of illness. Idamar lehoilach. Now, if he just said hoilich, which means, take this, get to my wife. Hoilich, just take it. Then, we're going to quote a b'risa, which indicates that if you tell a shliach hoilich, which means, take this, get to my wife, you could appoint another shliach, even if you're feeling fine. And and if he didn't say hoilich, which means, deliver to my get to my wife, he said, you do it, which implies you and no one else, then even if you're sick, not. Meaning... If you just said deliver to my wife, you should be able to appoint a shleich even if you're fine. If you said you do it to the exclusion of others, then you're not allowed to appoint someone else even if you are ill. So what exactly what was said? And the Gemara even adds, And according to Rosh Gamliel, Rosh Gamliel seems to always hold you're not allowed to appoint another shleich. So what exactly is the case? Titania, where is this distinction between hoilich or at hoilich and Rosh Gamliel? Where is it coming from? It's coming from this Bryce. The Bryce says, just read the words of the Bryce, you'll see that it's, it's, it doesn't seem to make room for an illness. It just says, If someone says, take this, get to my wife, the shliach can appoint another shliach. Seemingly, from right here, it seems, okay. Then if you said to the shliach, you take it to my wife, he's not allowed to. So this Bryce just makes it yes or no. If it's hoilich, it's yes, even the chachila. If it's at it's no, always. But now we're saying, Hey, not l'chachila, only if you're a chayla, where is this coming from? And then Rishik Mamliel, Oymer, Ben kach, ben kach, ene shliach, ene shliach. Rishik Mamliel says in both cases, it doesn't matter whether it's oilich, at oilich, it doesn't matter, it's always aser. So what's going on over here? 
So the Gemara answer is like this. The answer is, when this b'risa makes it like seem to be very simple, of like, hoylech is mutter, at hoylech is not mutter, it's not so simple. Iba yisema, hoylech vahu Answer number one is when the b'risa says that a shliach is allowed to appoint another shliach when you said hoylech, that's only when you're ill. The b'risa doesn't say that, but that's what the b'risa means. So when the b'risa says that if I tell my uh, shliach, take this get to my wife, and the b'risa says, you can appoint another shliach, that means in a case of illness. But if you're not ill, you're not allowed to. So when the b'risa says mutter, it doesn't mean l'chachila. It means in a case of onus. Ibai says another answer, or another answer. It's really a case of atoylech. Atoylech means only you to the exclusion of others. But we said, I thought the b'risa says that when you say atoylech, you cannot appoint a shliach. The answer is you could in a case of illness. Or it could be Rishim Lil, and though Rishim Lil says you're not allowed to, Rishim Lil is makel when a case of chayla. Okay, so basically you can make it work that this brisa can work with this rule that you are not allowed lechachila to appoint another shliach, but in a case of chayla you are allowed. So you can make it work. In a case of chayla. In a case of chayla where he has no choice. Now, okay. Or many, I have a, contra- a contradiction. Right now we're saying, according to this Mishnah, that if I give a shliach a get, and, there's a ch- and he's a chayla, he could just ask another shliach. Here's the problem. The problem is, there many have a contradiction. Let's say you tell three people, write a get and deliver it to my wife. What's the halacha? They have to fulfill your command. But inu in, they cannot appoint someone else. Meaning... You're telling me right now that I can give a get to a shliach, and he can give it to someone else to deliver. But the b'risa says that if I tell three people, hey guys, write a get for my wife. So one writes, two signs, they could deliver it, but they cannot appoint someone else. So I don't understand. I thought you could appoint someone else. Even in a case of chol, they can't. So what's, what's going on over here? How come, it, we're, we're saying right now that a shliach could appoint another shliach, mm-hmm. but how come in this case, when I'm telling three of them to write a get, they write it, and they deliver it, but they cannot appoint someone else. What is the distinction? You understand the kasha? Right now we're saying that a shliach could appoint a shliach, but in this case he cannot. So what exactly is the difference? So the Gemara gives two answers. These two answers, um, we'll go through each one slowly. The Gemara says, answer number one is, Amr Hasam Abaya just says, first of all, over there it's a little different. Why? Who's supposed to write the get? I mean, I know the woman pays for it, but it's the husband writes it, right? The husband always writes it. He, he's supposed to be responsible for writing the get. In the times of the Gemara, it was considered embarrassing if a man couldn't write his own get. So the reason why in that case, I told you three, write a get for my wife, write it, not deliver, write it. You're not allowed to point someone else. You want to know why? Because it's embarrassing. If I hand you a get that I wrote you could deliver it. To, you could give it to him. Give it to him. I don't. I don't care. I'm not embarrassed about that. But if I tell you guys privately, three guys, listen, do me a favor. Write the get for my wife. I don't really know how to write Hebrew well. Just don't. Don't tell anybody. Just write it. You can't appoint someone else. Why? Because I don't want you to appoint someone else. Because I'm embarrassed of the fact that I don't know how to write my own get. So the reason why. So the answer is in general, a shliach could appoint a shliach. Huh? Don't embarrass, but he has three other people. As one person. Well, because one has to write and two have to sign. Right? I mean, you need three people. You know? Yeah, whatever. No, so the, well, it's embarrassing. So the point is, the point is, the reason why they can't appoint in general a shliach can appoint a shliach, but the reason why in that case you can't is because the guy's embarrassed of the fact that he can't write his own get. Now that's the first answer, and that's more of a very practical to that case. 
right? It wouldn't apply in other, like if I were to tell three people, hey, do me a favor, write, as the Gemara is going to point out in a moment, write, um, I want you to go to this, uh, go, go, to, go to John, I want to give him a car, okay? So write up a document, have John write up a document, and then sign it and, and deliver it. You could appoint a shliach, why? Because when I write the get for my wife, it's my responsibility to write it. If I can't write it, that's embarrassing. When I give you a gift, the recipient has to write the get. So I'm not embarrassed. Meaning it's not just like, it's not in all cases. It's dafka to this case. You cannot appoint a shliach because I'm embarrassed of the fact that I can't write no own get. That's a biased take. Rabbah has a different answer. Rabbah has a very lamdash answer, and that is, mili ninu umila It's a very lamdash answer, and that is, when I give you a tangible item, you have enough power as a shliach to hand that to someone else. But in this case, it has nothing to do with embarrassment. In this case, what am I handing you? I'm not handing you anything. I'm asking you with my words to please write something. Because that's an intangible, you don't have enough power to give that over to someone else. It's a very lamdash answer. You have to know exactly how it works. Again, so like... So now, that that, so I guess it, it, we're only talking about the second one. I guess you'd have to say that. Yeah, yeah. I guess you'd have to say that. Um, it would only be for the third one. Yeah, for the case of three. But the point is, the lumdus is that in general, a get could be given to another get. I, in this case, you can't. The answer is because in this case, you're not handing them an actual item. If there's an actual chayfetz, then your shlichus is very powerful. Powerful enough that you can hand it to someone else. But over here, I'm giving you a command. It's an intangible. You don't have the right to give it to someone else because you're not strong enough to do that. Now, according to this, whatever the lumdus is, according to this, if I were to tell you three to please go deliver a car and write a document for him, you would not be able to give it over to someone else because it's an intangible vaiter. Because I'm telling you with my words, write a, write, make sure that it gets written. So there's two answers of why, in this case of the three people, they can't appoint a shliach. Either because the case of a get, it's the guy's embarrassed, so he doesn't want them to appoint someone else. Or number two, he's not, they're not, he's not handing them an actual item. He's giving them a command. A, a shliach is on a command they cannot give over to someone else. What's the nafkamina between these two reasons? The Gemara says, "My benayu, benayu shliach matana." The case is where instead of asking you to deliver a get, I'm asking you to go and uh, make sure that a gift recipient document is written up and received. Now, if can you then appoint someone else? So, if it has to do with embarrassment, there's no embarrassment. Why? Because it's not my responsibility; it's the recipient's responsibility to write a document. If I don't write the document, it's not because oh, look at this guy; he doesn't know how to write a document. It's not my job to write a document. The get the husband has to write the document. But when it comes to when it comes to gifting, it's the recipient's responsibility. I, the gifter, don't have to the the, the giver. I don't have to to do that. Therefore, I'm not embarrassed. But if it has to do with an intangible, and you're telling me there's this new lumdus that an intangible you can't give over shlichus, then that would apply to gifting as well. So it would be a machloikas, whether in that case they could appoint a shliach. The truth is, it's a machloikas Rav and Shmuel. Rav and Shmuel uh, argue about this. Now, um, by the way, oh, so Rashi, by the way, just going back to Gavin, your point, Rashi says the case of the two people where it says tenu get lishti, Rashi says it's actually a case where you didn't actually give them a get. You said, give a get to my wife, and that's your way of saying, get it done. Yeah. But in both cases, you didn't actually give them anything. You gave them a command. A command cannot be given over. 
so according to that, you wouldn't be able to give over shlichus of a command to another shliach, even by a gift giving. And there's machlekes Rav and Shmuel. Rav matana There's of in this case what happens by a gift document. Would they be able to appoint a shliach? It's machlekes Rav and Shmuel, and it's tali in this machlekes. Okay. All right. One more little bit of a hard sugya until the Mishnah, and then the rest of the daf is uh, is, is pretty easy. Okay. Let's review. In our Mishnah, uh, I, I tell you, as a shliach, deliver a get to my wife. You're not feeling well, you could appoint someone else. That's the Mishnah. But then, what if, in, in addition to telling you, give a get to my wife, I say, do me a favor, when you get the get, get my family heirloom. Then you can't appoint someone else because I trust you with my family heirloom. I don't necessarily trust anyone else. Okay. Now, it's a pretty obvious thing. I mean, that's pretty posh it. So the Gemara says, Reish Lakish says, what's the Chiddush of our Mishnah? Amr Reish Lakish. Kan Shana Rebbe, you learn from our Mishnah the following rule. Ein Ashoyel Rashel HaHashel. Ein Asoycha Rashel HaHashel. That if you borrow something from me, you can't lend it to someone else. Meaning, what do you see from our Mishnah? You see from our Mishnah that I trust you. I don't necessarily trust who you trust. Now that's regarding... Uh, bringing back an heirloom from a delivery of a get. But w- let's say, forget about this. Stop, I lend you uh, this computer because you want to borrow it. And then someone goes over to you like, hey, can I borrow a computer for a day? You can't lend out my computer because I trust you. I don't trust who you trust. That's the Chiddush of our Mishnah. So it has nothing to do with Gitin. The reason why it's in our Mishnah is to tell you a side law that if you rent out something, you can't lease it out. And if you borrow something, you can't lend it out. Now, by the way, isn't that like pretty posh it? I think even, I think the average, the Gemara says, the Lashon of the Gemara is going to be that even children know that. If, if, I, if I lend you something, and then I'm like, hey, can I get it back? And you're like, oh yeah, I lent it out. Well, I, I never told you you could lend it out. So Rish Lakish is a pretty strange thing. He's saying the big Chiddush of our Mishnah is that you can't lend out an item that you borrowed. So Rav Yechonen says to him, Even children know that. that. That's such a Chiddush that if I borrow something, I can't lend it out. Of course you can't lend it out. That's a Pashat. I lent it to you. I didn't lend it to who you're going to lend it out to. Uh, father. So, because you have people subletting apartments very often. I I guess over there it's it's I guess it's permitted, but but I guess it's understood from in the in the, in the lease. But the point is, if I lend you something, that I, I, can I get it back? You're like, oh, I lent it to a friend of mine. Well, who's this friend? So Rav Yochanan feels that it's so posh it that can't be the chiddush of the mission. Rather, Rav Yochanan is saying as follows. Let me explain outside that we'll see an inside. This is the only thing that's a little bit tricky. If in the case of the Mishnah, let's go to the Mishnah. Forget about Rav Yechon Rish Lakish. The case of the Mishnah, I tell you, hey, do, do me a favor, deliver a get, and when you get the get, when you go get the get, get the heirloom back. Yeah, you don't listen to the Mishnah, you break halacha, and you appoint, you get to Menashe. Hey, do me a favor, go get the get. I'm not feeling well. Go get the get and get the heirloom, which you're not allowed to do. He does it. What's the halacha regarding the get? Is the get a good get? Yeah. I didn't want you to do it, but if you still deliver the get, if not just deliver the get, it's still a good get, right? Rav Yechon says there is a circumstance. There is one, right? I told Gavin, do me a favor, deliver a get to my wife, and when you're there, get a family heirloom back. He's not feeling well. He says, Manasha, do me a favor. Take this get, deliver it for Avi, and get the family heirloom back, which you're not allowed to do. The bishop said you're not allowed to do that. But let's say he did that. Menashe ended up delivering the get. Is the get a good get? Yeah, yeah. No, it's not, not a good get at the end of the day. He wasn't allowed to do that because I don't trust Menashe with the heirloom. I trust Gavin, whatever it is. But it doesn't make the get not a good get. Those are two independent concepts. There's the heirloom and then there's the getting. Two different shlichas. Yeah, two different shlichas. Rabbi Yechon says there is one circumstance where the get is actually not a good get. And this is the case. If In the average case, if I say, hey, do me a favor, 
Go get the get and get the family heirloom. There are two independent thoughts. There's deliver the get and get the heirloom back. Okay. There is one case, though, Rabbi Yechanan feels that, what if I told you, forget about Menashe, go with the first shliach, Gavin. I said, do me a favor. Go get the heirloom back, then deliver the get. And you reversed it. So I told you, get the heirloom back, then deliver the get. You gave the get, and then got the heirloom. Rav Yechonon feels that it's not a good get. Why? Because Rav Yechonon felt the halacha is that when you give commands, even if the commands seem, if there's a reason for your command, and then you deviate from the command, it's not no longer a shlichus. Now, sometimes that's not a big deal, but sometimes it is a big deal. When Rav Yechonon says, when you told him, get the heirloom first, and then deliver the get, you were threatening. He wanted you to threaten, say, make her an aguna, until you get the heirloom. But by you giving the get first, you undermined the Mishalech's authority. Meaning, Even if you got the... correct, it doesn't matter. You undermine my authority by giving the get first, and I didn't want that, because it's not like, when I gave that command, Rav Yechon doesn't look at it as just like, a suggestion, no, no, he's saying, threaten her, do not give that get until you get the heirloom. If you gave the get first, you undermine my authority, I, I'm not happy, not a good shlich, it's not a good get. That's Rav Yechon's take. Therefore, going back to the Mishnah, the reason why I'm not allowed to appoint someone else in the case of the heirloom, Rav Yechon says, it's not because I don't trust the other guy. It's because it could actually make the get puzzle. Why? Let's say I told you, I told you, deliver, get the heirloom first, then deliver the get. Don't deviate. That's the order. You're not feeling well. You appoint Menashe to take over for you. You just said, instead, it's very possible that you'll tell Menashe, hey, do me a favor, get the get and get the heirloom without realizing the subtlety. So the reason why the Mishnah says you're not allowed to do it is not just because I don't trust him, because that doesn't affect Gittin. That just, that just, that's the laws of, 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 of heirlooms. The, the, the reason why you're not allowed to go to Yechon is because it could actually make the get puzzle. Why? Because if I told you a specific command and you deviate from that command, it makes it a get puzzle. So there's a possibility, I'll tell you that specific command, you'll tell Menashe, but not tell him the specific command, and it'll add to lead to a get puzzle. That's what Yechon said. This is from here to the Mishnah. Let's see it inside. Rav Yechon says, there is a possibility where if you ask him, if you appoint a shliach to appoint another shliach regarding the heirloom, it could actually make it not a good get. How so? Sometimes if you tell a shliach, hey, I want you to divorce her on the first floor of the house, not on the roof, and you do it on the roof, you're no good. You undermine my authority. Sometimes there's such a possibility. This would be that case. How? Everyone agrees if I told you. Forget about the second shliach, just the first shliach. I told you, get the, deliver the get and get the heirloom, and you do that, then everyone will agree. It doesn't matter what the order is. It's a good get because I'm not telling you a specific way. I'm just saying get it done. Get the get, deliver the get, get the heirloom. Kipligi, the whole shaila is, hey, to come, they go to the next page. The case is where you tell the shliach, get the heirloom first, then deliver the get. And what he did is, but he reversed the order. Rav Yochanan feels that that is not a good get anymore. And therefore, because deviation can make it not a good get, you don't have the right to appoint another shliach because we're afraid that you won't give over the command well. Rishlokish disagrees. Rishlokish feels, even in that case, at the end of the day, yes, maybe you did a different order. Who cares? You got the heirloom, you got the get delivered, it's fine. So because Rishlokish will tell you that it's fine to the get either way, I'm not really that concerned about not appointing a shliach because it's going to be a get anyway. 
Well, only if you make a specific command in a specific way. In, in the average case, no, no, because the assumption is in this case, Dafka, there's at least a rationale of why you would be particular. If because if, if, if I tell you get the get the heirloom first, Rashi says at least over there there's a possibility that you're threatening to make her an aguna, and you want her to know that you're threatening to make an aguna. And if the shliach undermines you, he's undermining your authority. That wasn't clear when you told your first shliach, and that's on you. Correct, but the point is that, but that's why that's an added no, but that's an added reason why because he's saying that, that that's a subtlety that at least you could trust yourself to give over that subtlety. I don't trust you to trust someone else to give over that subtlety. But this is all contingent on Rav and Shita, which is that there's a possibility you're not going to be able to the get. Rishlagish feels that in every case the get is going to be fine anyway, so I'm not really worried. The only thing that it teaches you is that you shouldn't lend out an item that you borrowed. You know what I'm saying? That, that's the... I think that's the point. Rav Yechon says that is the stipulation. The stipulation is do it this way and if you deviate, no good. Because Rish Lakish feels that it... it, it, it no, so the, the machloikis is basically is when a, a person gives a command in that way, is he particular or is just that how people talk? Rish Lakish feels that he's not particular. He doesn't care. He just wants the heirloom. He wants to deliver the get. Yes, he said heirloom first. Who cares? Rav is like, no, no, no. People are crazy. He wants to threaten her to be an aguna. And if you deviate, then he lost his teeth. No good. If your question, your question really is, if he doesn't get, according to Rish Lakish, if he doesn't get the heirloom, is it a good get? The answer is Rish Lakish? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's not a stipulation. Correct. If it's a stipulation, then he needs Correct. Rish Lakish doesn't look at it as as a stipulation within the get itself. Rish Lakish looks at it as just deliver the get, get the heirloom, two independent things. Rav is like, no, the way he's wording it, it he's, he's, he wants the get delivered in a certain way. And if you deviate, no good. So that, that seems to be, it's a broader machlokas. Okay, that was the only thing I was a little bit tricky, but I think we got it. Now, the Mishnah till the end, pretty simple. We talked before about appointing a shliach Appointing a, 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 a shliach for a shliach to appoint another shliach, that's within Eretz Yisrael. Because within Eretz Yisrael, you don't have to say, but when you're going from Chutzlaretz, if I appoint you from America to deliver a get, you have to say, because you were at the present, the time of the signing. Now, you're not feeling well, you can't necessarily appoint someone else because the second guy can't say, so what do you do? So the Mishnah says, here's what you do. You give a shliach a get from Chutzlaretz, and he's not feeling well, so here's what he does. He goes to Bezdin, and he says to Bezdin, and they're giving over that power to the shliach. The second shliach is not a shliach of the first guy, he's a shliach of Bezdin. Now the second guy doesn't have to say, well, he can't, because he didn't actually see it, but he doesn't have to. Rather, he says, shliach Bezdin ani. just by saying, I'm a shliach Bezdin, that's enough. The power of Bezdin allows it that you could deliver the get without saying, if he did it with Tuedim, what do you mean? If he wanted to send the two, two Adim. Well, if you say two Adim, you don't have to say before Nechtham according to Rabbah. So he goes in front of them. Right? Rav and Rabbah, whether two Adim have to say before Nechtham, maybe it was probably contingent on that. But that, that's the point of the Gemara. Okay. Now the Gemara has some kashas, very simple. Omri le Rabban l'avimi b'rei de Rabbavo. Boimi name Rabbavo, they ask Rabbavo. Shliach to shliach, meshavah shliach eloi. The case of our Mishnah is, I appoint Gavin from Chutzler to deliver the get. He's not feeling well. He goes in front of Bezdin. Bezdin says, okay. He says, Bezdin. Then Bezdin appoints Menashe. The question is, can then Menashe, if he's not feeling well, can he then appoint Adam? Can we keep going? Or is it no? It's just a two time thing only. So, Amrlu, Haloiti Bailuchu. That's not a kasha. The Mishnah never says the second shliach. It says the last shliach. Last 
Because you could have 50. Okay, fine. Kitibach, listen, my kasha. Here's the kasha. Fine, I agree. I appoint Gavin. He's not feeling he goes to Bezdin. Bezdin appoints, gives over the power to Menashe. Menashe has the right to give it over to Adam. The question is, does he have to do it in front of Bezdin? Or does he have the right outside of Bezdin because he is a shliach of Bezdin to give power to, to give power of rights to Adam, not in front of Bezdin? So the answer is, that's also Pashit. The Mishnah says, the last guy has to say, I'm a shliach Bezdin. It all has to be done in front of Bezdin. Okay. He has a slightly different version of this past Gemara. Originally, according to this version, they weren't asking, can Menashe appoint Adam? Can the second Shlich appoint the third Shlich? It was Pasha that he can. The only question was, must it be done in front of Bezdin? So Ravo said, Why are you assuming that the second Shlich could appoint the third Shlich? And your only question is, could it be done in front of court? Maybe he can't. So I'm relayed. They said, It's not in a shliach. The Mishnah said the last shliach and never said the second shliach. So what was originally a question now was a given in this version. The only question is can the second shliach or the third shliach or the fourth shliach, must they appoint the following shliach in Bezdin? That's also simple. Because the Mishnah said, which implies that every shliach must be appointed in front of Bezdin. Rabbah points back to the original Mishnah, the previous Mishnah, that a shliach in Eretz Yisrael can appoint many shluchim, because again, there's no need to say, therefore it doesn't have to be done in front of Bezdin. Okay. Um, Ravashi, this, this is interesting. Okay, I'm not going to use you guys because, eh, whatever, because it's it's all deaf and I don't want to do that. A appoints B to be a shliach. In Eretz Yisrael, forget about Chutzlars. No B'fani Nechtam. A appoints B. B's not wheeling, feeling well. He appoints C. Who's also not feeling well appoints D and it infinite. Now, it says, okay, that's fair. That, that we have. It says Ravashi, Imes Rishon Batlukulun. Rashi is a very interesting take. If the first shliach dies, they all no longer can do it. Meaning, they are extensions of the first shliach. If the first shliach dies, then B, C, D, and E lose their power. Now, that's a very strange thing, and the Gemara is instantly going to reject this, because the first shliach, is, his power is not independent. His power is from the husband. So if you tell me that the husband dies, all the shliachs lost, 100%. But if the husband dies, but if the, husband, if the husband's alive, what do I care if the first shliach... Meaning... He's looking at it as the second shliach is sort of an extension of the first, not replacing the first. So says Ravashi, if the first one dies, they all lose their powers. Ravashi said, your father's pshat is like a child's pshat, meaning this is in- incorrect. Why? Let's say the husband dies. Then what happens? Nobody has power. Why? Because who do they all have power from? From the husband. As long as the husband's alive, it matters. The husband's dead, it doesn't matter. But it's all contingent on the husband. Your assumption that the first shliach has any independent power is ridiculous. It's up to the husband. If the husband's alive, they can continue. Husband's dead, no good. Okay. Now, very, uh, very quick. We'll run through the little bit of Gemara. Uh, six minutes will be done. Gavra, this is interesting. I think we're all going to go with the Gemara's assumption, uh, the Gemara's conclusion, not the Gemara's assumption, but let's just get there. Okay, I give you a get, and I say, hey, do me a favor, deliver, deliver the get to my wife, yeah? Now here's the problem. You're like, sure, I'm in. And then he turns to me like, I don't know what your wife looks like. 
<laughs> right? That's a, that could be a problem, right? You're delivering a gift from city to city. You're like, yeah, sure. Nasa and Ishma. I don't, I don't know what your wife looks like. So he says, again, someone's gave a get to a shliach, and he said, deliver a get to my wife. Amr shliach le'yadanala. The shliach says, I don't know what your wife looks like. So Amr le, okay, okay, good point. Zil yavi la'aba bar minyumi, diu yadala, veliza velisa nila. So he says, okay, okay, fine, don't deliver it to my wife. Give it to Abba bar minyumi. Abba bar minyumi knows my wife. Give it to him, he'll deliver the get. Okay. Asa v'layashkech la'aba bar minyumi. Now he's looking, he can't find Abba bar minyumi anywhere. So what does he do? So he finds, he goes to base Medrash, and he's looking for this Avraham and he can't find him. But he finds these three Rabbanim, Ravavo, Ravchanin, Ravpapa, Ravishchnafcha. They're all sitting together as a Bezdin. The Yasir Rav Safra Gabay, Rav Safra is also there. So Amrle, Moser Miloch Kamedi Don, the Chiesi Barmenyum, and the Svile, Veleza, Velisvinula. So they said like this, very simple. We're a Bezdin. Say Bafani Nechta, Bafani Nechta to us. Give us the power, and we'll. We'll give it over to Abraham and Yumi. We'll, we'll, we'll deliver it to, to the people that need to get it done. Okay, that sounds good. Amr um, of Safar, of Safar sitting there. He says, Safar says, no good. Why? This is where it's interesting, because the Gemara is going to instantly reject this, Rav Safar's take, but this is Rav Safar's take. In this case, you're able to give over what you have, yeah? I tell you, please deliver a get for my wife, you're not feeling well, you can give that over to someone else. And if you're, if you're going from Chutzlaret, you go in front of Bezdin and say, and they'll deliver it. In this case, the Shliach was never empowered to deliver the get to his wife because he doesn't know what his wife looks like. He was, he was empowered to deliver it to Abra Baminyumi and Abra Baminyumi only. So therefore, saying that he doesn't have the right to do that, meaning is the Shliach's right to deliver the get to deliver the get to the wife, and that's what you have to say to do it. He's basically delivering the get to the wife through, through Bezdin. He doesn't have the right to do that. Why? He's empowered not to deliver a get. He's empowered to deliver a document to Abba Bar Minyumi. Abba Bar Minyumi is, de- is empowered to deliver the get. Therefore, he doesn't have the right to empower Bezdin because he doesn't have that power himself. He's not a shliach of a get. He's a shliach of a document to someone who's going to deliver the get. But, but, but the point is, he doesn't have the right to say which is an empowerment of a get, because he doesn't have the right to deliver a get, he has the right to deliver to Abba Now the Gemara is assuming that when you told the original guy, deliver the get, and he says, I don't know what she looks like, he says, okay, give it to Abba it was sort of his way of saying, you're no longer empowered to deliver the get, give it to Abba only. And now you're not doing that, you're giving it to Bezdin. The Gemara says, what are you talking about? You asked the guy to deliver the get. Meaning, the Gemara is going to reject it because the Gemara looks at it, which I think how we all kind of look at it. When you told this guy to deliver the get, first of all, you told him originally to deliver the get. He said, I don't know what the wife looks like. You're like, yeah, plan A, I empowered you to deliver the get. You just don't know what she looks like. But it's not like, it's not like I told you, deliver to Abraham ben Yumi only and not to my wife. It's, that's the easiest way to get it done. So the Gemara says, or if Safra said, you guys can't do this because you, you empowered a shliach who's not a shliach of a get. The Gemara says... Ichsafut, they got embarrassed because these three Rabbanim realized they thought they made a mistake. So Amar Rava, Kachbchinu Rav Safra Litzlasa Rabbanan. Smuchi. So Rava said, Rav Safra just rendered three Rabbanim, you know, like, uh, like uh, incapable because he, he proved they were wrong. Amar Rav Ashi, Mamaikibchinu. Rav Ashi said, What are you talking about? Did the guy ever tell, deliver to Abba Menume and not my wife? He intended it to be delivered to the wife. That was plan A. 
So of course he's empowered to deliver it. Yeah, but, but the point is, if he met his wife halfway down, if he met the wife and he knew it was there, you don't think that the husband would be cool with him giving it? Of course he'd be cool with him giving it. What are you talking about? Okay, Ikadami, some have a slightly different version of what happened. According to this, it's the same names, but it's in saying that Rava, it's the same, it's the same version, it's just Rava, uh, Rav Ashi defending the Bezdin by saying that it's not a mistake. As opposed to not embarrassment. It's the same, the same Gemara. Okay, very similar Gemara to what we just had. Who gavered the Shadalai Gitala Debisu? Okay, a guy gives a Shliach a get and he says, but here's the deal deliver it to my wife. But don't deliver for 30 days. I want you to wait 30 days. Okay. Now, Isnim Begab Tlasin Yoimen. Now, he starts getting sick within 30 days, and he realizes even after 30 days, I'm not going to be able to deliver it. So, what he wants to do is that within the 30 days, Asla Kami de Rava, he goes in front of Rava, what do I do? Amar Rava, Chala Taim Amai Mishim Da'anis, Hanami Anasu. Meaning you're an Anis. So, what you do is go to Bezdin, say Bifanech Bifanechdam, and Bezdin will ensure that it gets delivered. Now, he's doing this within 30 days. So, Amar Lei, Masa Milah Kamididan. Okay. You understand what happened? He tells the shliach, you're empowered to deliver it after 30 days. Middle of 30 days, he realizes he's not going to be able to do it after 30 days. So he goes to Bezin within 30 days and says, and they will then deliver it after 30 days. They'll get it done. The problem is that during 30 days, he doesn't have the right to deliver it right now. Meaning the Gemara is saying that during these 30 days, he doesn't have rights as a shliach. He's meant to empower it after 30 days. So during 30 days, he doesn't have any power. So how could he give over the rights to Bezdin? To deliver it when he doesn't have any power during 30 days. The Gemara says, So the answer is, oh, because he could deliver it after 30 days, he's considered a shliach that has the power. Meaning we don't look at it as no power until after 30 days. He's empowered right now, but there's a tanai not to deliver it after 30 days. But he's empowered right now, and therefore he could appoint Bezdin to make sure that it gets delivered after 30 days. Now we'll just end off with this. This case is. I'm sorry? Probably not. The point is like this. Eh, maybe. The point is like this. The case is, we'll just end with this. The case was, a person comes in front of Rava and he says, I'm supposed to deliver the get after 30 days, but I'm, I'm not feeling well. So Rava said, okay, so do, give, I'll make sure it gets done. The Gemara just has a side point. How, how do you know that they didn't live together after the get was delivered? Right, we have this many, many times at this Masechta, but think about it. You're giving the get and you say, deliver it after 30 days. How do you know during those, if, if they live together during the 30 days, it makes it a get yashan and it's possible. So how do you know the husband and wife didn't uh, reconcile for a night and have relations during those 30 days? She's somewhere else. So, uh, so the, the, but that wasn't the case. Basically, the, the case was they were living in the same house. So how, how do you, how, why aren't you concerned about that? The Gemara says, uh, I'm sorry, um, why aren't you worried that they reconciled, they had relations? Don't we have it in a Mishnah? We have a case where a person gives a get and he says, it should take effect after if I don't come back within 12 months. And we say that if he doesn't come back, it is a get. Now the Gemara over there asks the Kasha. It's not really relevant for the case that much, but the Gemara asks the Kasha over there, the Lichush Shema Pais. Why aren't you concerned? Anytime the get, there's a delay in the delivery, why aren't you concerned? They live together. The cases where the husband says, I, 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 know, I won't do it, and I 
don't have the rights to say that we didn't live together, meaning it's up to my wife. If she says we didn't live together, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I, I lose my namonis. I'll tell you, I, we'll end with this. I'll just read you how, how, uh, how they describe it, because right, this is uh, tricky to me. He says, uh, my wife is believed to me to say that I have not come to have relations. When the husband gave the get, he declared in the presence of a bezdin, if I later claim to have relations with my wife before the get was to take effect, and my wife denies it, I will take her word for it. Meaning, in other words, he says in front of bezdin he won't do it, and he says in front of bezdin that if she claims we didn't do it, we're going to believe her. In other words, you can't just deliver a get and have a time delay, but they're together. It doesn't work. So in this case, they were living in the same city. It's not like they were mamish chutzlar, etc. They were in the same city. So then now, how is this working? So the Gemara says, Ichsif. The truth is, Rava got embarrassed because he didn't think of it. But the end of the Gemara says, The answer is, but the Baruch Hashem protected Rava. At the end, it found out that they were actually getting divorced after Kedushin. There's no concern that they have relations. The whole concern that they're going to live together after the get is written, before it's delivered, is only when they're a full husband and wife. After Kedushin, before Nisun, we're not going to concern that they're going to have the first relations ever is going to happen after the wife the get was delivered, uh, get was written. So therefore, it turns out Rava was protected anyway. All right, we'll stop here. Ooh, 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 ooh. Ooh.